Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Uh, welcome along. It is the second part of the Rhubarb Odyssey. We're looking at the uh, classic 1970s five-minute animation Rhubarb, um, and specifically the first episode of it. Um a little bit more background before we get into the actual episode itself. There's a few little things we can look at. Th- th- these were like five minute long episodes and they used to be on just before the 5.45 BBC evening news. I don't know if you remember that. And there was um, other classic series that were of the same length were The Magic Roundabout and The Wombles. And uh, to a lesser extent, do you remember The Perishers? Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about them. With their big... They all shaggy talk, dog. They all talk like that. Yeah. Come on. Come on. What are we not mucking about for? There's that was it. Of, sort of, they all have snotty noses. The the parishes used to be the cartoon strip in the Daily Mirror, which I used to read when I was a kid. Yeah, and it was, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they converted it into a, um, a TV show, and Leonard Rossiter did the, the narration on it. Oh, Maybe we should be deep diving the freaking yeah, parishes. Well, we'll do that next. The parishes. I'd totally forgotten about it. And Perishers is just a brilliant um, name. It's a brilliant yeah. thing to call people, isn't it? You it rotten feels, little perisher. It feels like a kind of an indie group from 2003. Yeah, the Perishers, yeah. They're on Soccer AM. They existed yeah. just to be guests on Soccer AM. The Perishers. Yeah, we should write a fictionalised history of the Perishers <laughs> uh, as a group. So, yeah, and... This was always the best bit of the kids' TV oeuvre for me. It was mm. right at the end. Like I said, it used to be on at 5.40, just before the news, because the news was only on from 5.45. You only got 15-minute evening news bulletin mm. back when I was a lad. And you know what? We were better off for it. Oh, Our right. mental health was a lot better, because we weren't way exposed too to news around the way, fucking way, way too much news now. Way yeah. too much news, and not nearly enough short-form cartoons. This is not old men shouting at clouds. This is just provable fact. If you expose yeah. people to less horror from around the world... We just want the world to be full of more joy. Like And the perishers, and particularly rhubarb and custard, is going to yeah. give you a lot more joy than seeing old Hugh Edwards with his grim face on going on about, you know, recession 
or global warming. At the very least, the mm. Ukraine, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I've said for many years now that the BBC 10.40 on a Thursday night instead of question time, just put on an hour of Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. What's going to be better for all of us? I'm Hugh but- Edwards. The war still rages in Ukraine. But now, the perishes. <laughs> now, let's catch up with the latest antics of Dougal and Florence <laughs> and Zebedee <laughs> over at the Magic Roundabout. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it was great. It was, your last, it was your last big hit of kids' TV yeah. fun before adults took over the telly at 5.45 and everything went to shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, there's probably a dive, a dive to be done into the Magic Roundabout because it was Emma Thompson's dad who did the... He rewrote the scripts entirely. Oh, because it was French, wasn't it? It was French. He just he just. So got did he them. change the stories? He didn't yeah. stick to the plot that yeah, they had he, in France? I don't, I don't think he even spoke French. He just got you, them from France. You and he have, went, fuck this. Fuck this, I'll do it myself. <laughs> What's a, you can't have a French plot line, not for English kids. <laughs> a, no one's going to understand it. B... It's just not right. It'll fill their fucking heads with all sorts of French nonsense, won't it? Ideas about garlic and stuff. It's probably all about fucking shagging. And that's yeah. not... In this country, you get... Over there, you might teach your kids about shagging from the moment they can fucking walk, right? But not here. Wine. Here, we try to never reveal to our kids the existence of shagging. Let them find out for themselves. Ever. Yeah, by accident, probably. Yeah. They'll just start doing it, not know why. <laughs> But yeah, seventy percent of the Magic Roundabout French episodes were all about um, garlic acquisition. Um, yeah, so it was mainly what it was, it was yeah. produced by the French Garlic Board. There's probably loads of philosophy in board. it as well, wasn't it? So they're the always on, they're, they're always philosophizing the French. They'd have probably slipped a load so. of that in. If it's not garlic, it's fucking. If it's not fucking, it's philosophy. And if it's not yeah. that, it's smoking fags. And actually, put it all together, and that's like the fucking ultimate french show fair enough put, but not for us not for the kiddies put it all together it sounds great does sound good yeah <laughs> compared to what we garlic have fucking general. philosophy and facts yeah but it's not for the kids that's the thing you know they're giving yeah, their true. kids fucking wine at about the age of six that's, months yeah, over there so not do. on mate yeah it's not on. i read somewhere yesterday you know that's still the law where you can give a kid over the age of five booze in your own house yeah Someone is trying to have that abolished. Um, and I, I, you know. How do you police it, mate? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you give your kids booze? I give my daughter, I allow my daughter to have booze occasionally, like if it's a yeah. particular occasion. Like when we were on holiday, she was with her mate, a mate's a year older than her. And so when we were in the pub, I'd like get them, I'd get them a bit of wine and fizzy Getting water pissed. in. No, I'd say you can have like a drink, two drinks, something like that, you know. Um, but I yeah. don't, you know. I'm not. I neither encourage it nor discourage it. I try to stay neutral about it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently legal for children and teens aged five to seventeen to drink in a private home, and a doctor, no less, health lecturer, Doctor Eric Sigman, uh, warns it makes them more likely to become addicted in adulthood. Mm. and increases the risk of problems such as cancer, liver disease, and damage to the heart and brain. I guess there's no real argument against that, is there? No. Alcohol's a terrible thing. It is really bad for you. It's much Um, worse for you. I mean, I don't like to go go into this, but the thing about alcohol is it's so heavily marketed. 
that like it's just supposed to be like a lifestyle thing but yeah. the thing is it's it's really bad i mean it's as bad as facts mm. in terms of the health mm. outcomes and stuff but no one talks about it because um there are uh, you know big big booze as it's called big, big booze. booze big booze big, right, yeah. big booze is another <laughs> sure. fucking huge industry right that has a, 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 an, 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 a large continues to have a large influence over our life right in a shadowy way through the money that they invest in all of them think tanks right um yeah. booze and booze big booze big boobs you go down that street what's it called in yeah. london where all the think tanks are set up and you'll find they call street, them yeah they call themselves something else of course they call themselves like global institute for mammary yeah. research right yeah. but we know that is just big boobs by another name and then there's is. another building down there called you know um, the intelligent alcohol unit right think tank in it but really that's just big booze drink tank more like drink tank yeah uh what, what yeah so that that's the thing now they're going to try and overturn that and means you can't give your kids booze i'm looking at a um a, a, a page about it on the i'm sorry it's the sun website it was the first result that came up and there's a picture of a young boy every who looks scouse listener we have which by this stage is probably <laughs> one at best uh, has just fucking cancelled their ifs <laughs> Just throwing his potting um, machine into the and, and, and rightly seat. so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, and then there's a picture of a kid with a massive glass of wine that pretty much covers his entire face, and it's got a little bit of red wine left in the bottom of it there, and he's having a, having a good sup on it. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, yeah, we don't want that. Uh, we're, we're completely against big booze and big boobs on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And we're not ashamed of it. No, look. So they're, they're separate. I got no problem with big boobs, or right. indeed gigantic boobs, or even medium-sized ones, or small, small ones, one, small ones too. We've got no problem with any of those. I encourage them. All I'm saying is, I don't like it when big business gets involved, right, and starts mm. using the money generated by those boobs to influence our lawmakers in a way that I perceive to be undemocratic. <coughs> We don't want the, that booze or those boobs rammed down our throats, is what we're saying. <laughs> no, absolutely not, because it's good. a choking hazard. And that, that is the Top Flight Time Machine stance. Stance, 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 stance. T- T-shirts coming soon. <laughs> uh, forgot how I got into that. Oh, yeah, the 540 cartoon on the... Um, on the BBC. Did you listen to the recent episode of Rock on Tours that had Mike Batt? No, did I didn't listen to it. No, it's is it good? good? Okay, I'll Mike listen Batt's to that. Mike Batt's always good value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, he uh, he wrote the theme tune for the Wombles TV yeah. show. Yeah. And I think instead of getting paid for it, they were going to offer him like 200 quid for doing a, it. A free Womble. And, they, mm. and he said, give us the rights. You give me the rights to the Wombles singing songs. And I'll, oh, I'll so all of their musical quid. output in perpetuity remains yeah. the the property of yeah. Mr. Mbat. That's correct. Yeah, he Smart. saw an opportunity. He's done a fucking Alec Guinness like Alec Guinness did yeah. with the Star Wars figures. They just asked him to do an instrumental for the theme tune originally. And he went, oh, you need a song. You need a song so that the, the kids and the adults know what it's all about. It's exposition. It'll save you fucking yeah. ages in the show itself. You can get straight into it. Say what mm. they do. What do they do? They hang around on the common, 
gathering fucking rubbish up and putting it to good use. <laughs> Fine, I'll make a go note on. of that and I'll go and bag a song out about it. <laughs> and he did. And uh, and as I say, he took the rights to the, the musical rights to the Wombles instead of a cash payment. And they had about eight top 40 hits as the Wombles. Eight, that's amazing. There's loads of them, yeah. The thing about the Wombles is, I think that they embody a lot of what we try to stand for on this pod, in that they're, they're sort of stray, they embody stray men. They also embody yeah. the sort of timbrel, free man of the land kind of thing, yeah. don't they? They've opted out of society. They've, they've gone off grid. I mean, obviously, we know where they are. They're on Wimbledon Common, which, as it mm. happens, is not that far from me. But, um, you know, they, we know where they are. But effectively, as far as the authorities are concerned, they're off yeah. grid. I think it's very unlikely indeed that great uncle Bulgaria paid a fucking penny a tax in his whole life. I don't think he's got a national insurance number. Yeah, no, put it that right. way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they're, they're living the just rest lifestyle, but also living out loud. Yeah, they just do what they want. You know, they fucking live how they want and they're not bothering anyone. And part of me thinks, why should they pay tax? Because they are not actually using any of the public services, really, are they? I mean, I suppose that that, you could argue that the common is maintained by, I guess that's probably maintained by the council, unless it's maintained by the crown. Like Richmond Park's maintained by the crown. Wimbledon common, isn't it? So I don't know whether that would come under the... The Crown. The uh, Duchy of Westminster or whatever it is. Mm. That owns I'll have a look into it. I don't know if they maybe had an arrangement with <clears> them <throat> or, you know. But again, they were doing a lot of that. They were keeping the fucking place tidy by gathering all the litter, mate. It was a quid pro quo situation, wasn't it, really? Yeah. They were being allowed to stay there in their fucking cave or whatever it was they lived in. <laughs> and uh, in <laughs> return, they kept cave. it all tidy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Wimbledon Common is owned by the Wimbledon and Putney Commons Conservators, which is a registered oh, okay. charity, oh. and it's managed on a day-to-day basis by a staff of 23 under the guidance of the chief executive. Uh, I don't know if that was the case in the mid-70s. I'll tell you what, mate, it's an now. absolutely cracking common. And when I get my Never new doggy, I get my new doggy not long <clears throat> from now, it will be a regular... I just want to invite people trying to approach me and my doggy, but... It no. will. I've already planned out a lot of my walking places right. and Wimbledon Common, which is only about like 20 minute, 15 minute drive from me. That's going to be a fucking, that's going to play a big part in my life going forward. Well, before you do it, please look on the website because there's a section which is entitled Important Information for Dog Owners slash Walkers. Yeah. Um, so you, you need to read you know, that. I'm not very, I don't like rules i don't You're like being, verse, i don't like you? being told what to yeah. do and i like to follow my gut instinct and when i get my dog yeah. that's how i'm gonna roll Will, you're kind of a, a, a jazz walker i'm a jack like, ja- yeah it, when i get my dog i mean you got to remember the only dog i ever had bella we used to just if, if she needed a walk <laughs> i was talking to my mum about it the other day if she needed a walk <clears throat> we let her out yeah. and yeah. when she wanted to come back in yourself. she'd just fucking bark at the door and I used to always wonder, I wonder how she decides it's time to go home. She'd go out the front, run around near the A4 a bit, park at the, the cars and whatnot, um, go in the bushes, have a sniff about. And then do you ever wonder mm. when a, a dog thinks itself, oh, I've had enough of this, I'm a bit bored, I might go home. Like, the dogs get bored. Do you know what I mean? Like, the dog's <clears> gone, I'm going to go, I'll just go and bark at the door so they'll let me back in, I'll see if anything's mm. going on in there. Jalapeño. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. I think the dog would either be eat hungry mm. or B would be maybe missing you a little bit. Oh, yeah, she did that's miss why, us. That's why she'd go Because even though we didn't raise her or in a conventional way, um, she did, I think she did love us. And so, yeah, yeah so anyway, you got to think that's my benchmark is how we looked after Bella, right? Which mm. was very, it was very jazz style. Um, and I'm not yeah. going to be like that because, to be honest, there's no way my missus would go with the sort of what I call the Delaney method of dog rearing. No, right? not not these days. No. She's got herself a book, mate. All right. I've, I've seen it. She got herself a book from yeah. up the library about how to raise a puppy. I laughed Brilliant. and laughed and laughed. <laughs> what do you want this for? A fucking you book. You don't need a fucking yeah. book to tell you how to raise a puppy. You give it a <laughs> tin of food in the morning, take it out for a shit, and that's it. What more do you need to know? Just fucking jazz it out. Yeah. If it's fucking, if it starts barking, you kick it up the arse and lay it out front for a while. You don't need to train them. They'll just fit in. <laughs> he'll fuck it. If he knows what good, what's good for him, he'll fit in. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to go out and see what happens. Do you? Um, yeah. Will there be any confrontations with other dog walkers, or will I make friends with them? Uh, it depends on the nature of your dog. It depends on your nature. If you're going out with headphones on and yeah. you're not approachable, then you're not going to make friends. Right. Uh, I, What's the scene? What? What's the, the scene? Well, the thing is, Oscar's quite aggressive towards right. most dogs. Right. Re- ir- irrespective of their size, especially the small ones. Does, he'll try that, and bark at them is, and he'll that try and throw himself at them. Is that getting yeah. embarrassing? It does. But a, a lot of small dogs are the same. Right. And it's it's like small man syndrome. Right. They're a little bit feisty and yeah. a little bit aggressive. Um, so he's generally not that friendly with other dogs. And then when he goes somewhere like the groomers mm. or when he goes to his dog hotel and he has to deal with other dogs close up, mm. he bricks it. He completely bricks it. Yeah, he's all mouth, so isn't he? He's all, he's all mouth, yeah. A lot of dogs um, are all mouth. So it, it depends on your dog. I mean, some, some dog owners are a little bit full on, I think. Yeah, there's, what, there's what do you mean? Well, they're just so into their dogs. There's yeah, a big yeah. of dogs these days. Yeah. Oh, you know, so many fur pubs. baby. My yeah. fur baby. That, that, yeah. That's where I draw the line, the, the fur baby thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not a fucking that's baby. It's a dog. People, yeah. Man only ever fucking invited dogs into home as workers. It's a beast of burden. It's meant to be out there <laughs> pulling the plough. Yeah, exactly. Never mind all or, this baby stuff. Or pulling your trolley down to the shops so you can fill it up with 
you know, tins of get ladies food. trying to fucking breastfeed their own dogs, and it's not on. No, 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 not not at all. Especially not in public. Um, yeah, cafes and things and pubs. We're dog friendly. Well, be careful what you wish for. I mean, there's a great um, bookshop in Northumberland called uh, in Annick called mm. Barter Books. I think I recommended oh, it. Oh, yeah, you before. told me about it, yeah. It's the old converted train station. And th- that's a very dog-friendly place, mm. um, which is all right until one time I was in there and I saw a dog cocking its leg against the fucking it fiction G to J. Imagine if you, you were an author and you saw a dog pissing on your book. I am an author! No, but I mean, imagine if you went in there and you saw it pissing on your book. On my books? Yeah. Yeah, they do sell some of my books in there. Actually, I've seen them. What's the what's the what's the protocol? If you go like a charity shop or something, and they're yeah. selling a copy of a book you've written, do yeah. you like go up to the counter and say, "I'll sign this for you if you care," <laughs> and then you'll be able to sell it for a higher price? Uh, no, no, no. No, you well, sign I've never done that. No, I never no. fucking. I wouldn't sign it unless they invited you down. I do tell the local bookshop if I've got a book coming out because then they do mm. local author display in the window. Right. And then if they have a local author display in the window, what I'll do is I'll make sure I'm hanging around quite a lot that yeah. week. Buy it, but make out it's just by coincidence. Go, oh, well, <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, you're right. That is my book. I forgot, and that was published this yeah, week. And then so long since I wrote it. Try to engage people in it, but it doesn't really work. Yeah. Or you could just stand there and just flick through it idly and just go... Ha, 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 Yeah. That's a, a wonderful insight there. This writer's very pithy. Uh, who is it, you say? Oh, well, why? Why, madam? It's me. <laughs> J.R. Hartley. <laughs> I could yeah. sign this copy for you if you care. Yeah, nah. But um, um, yeah, well, I'll be. I'll maybe take my dog up the bookshop when I get it. I'll try out the dog yeah. in all the different places, all my local haunts, and see what happens. Yeah. It's quite a dog area where I live. Is it? Yeah, it's like dog heavy. It, it won't be any problem with a dog. Well, it will yeah. be in that every time I go out, there will be other dogs. So if my dog turns out to be confrontational could be problematic yeah. but are you planning on going to a um like a dog training school uh, i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know my do my bro- my brother's dog lottie the lurcher right mm. who lives in they live in the countryside now who you she, love very much i love her said. and she she goes to like a dog she it's not training because she's already she's not a puppy anymore right she's like she must be about two years old but she just goes to this, like, sort of dog... It's like a dog youth club, right? Dog gang. And these two lads run it, right? And it's just for socialising, right? Because she yeah. is very, very sociable. I think I told you before, she's got a... There's another dog that lives next door, and it just comes around and knocks for her. That's the way it is oh, in the brilliant. country, right? Yeah. Because there's no... You're not in a street. There's, like... It's a tiny little hamlet, so there's a house here, and then just over there, mm. there's another house. But there's no rhyme or reason to it in the countryside, is there? There's no house no. numbers or anything. And so one dog just comes over, and it comes to the front door. I'm not joking. And it just barks. And when it barks, she sits up in her basket... And she just runs, if it's summer, the door's open anyway, and she just runs out, and then they just run around in circles in the garden with each other for fucking ages. And they, like, play. It's so nice. So she's a very, very social... She needs constant interaction. So she goes to this club, 
and they just play with each other. And, and like my sister-in-law showed me videos of them, like of her at the club, just having a great time, right? Yeah. And um, the most amazing thing about this dog club she goes to, right, is that these blokes who run it, um, they, I don't know what their fucking magic or mystery is, right? But you mm. know, like, do you remember at like playgroup or nursery, you, they used to give you like nap time when you were very little, yeah. right? Everyone having a nap. Yeah. These cunts do it with the dogs. And I didn't wow. believe it. I didn't believe it. But I saw a video. And like, first my sister-in-law saw me, showed me a video of Lottie arriving and she lets her off the lead and she sees all her mates and she just fucking charges at them and they all go, Wah! and start playing, like having yeah. a laugh together, right? And I think that's great. Then she showed me another video of it later on in the day and they're just sort of still playing with each other, doing some sort of activity. And I thought, these dogs are crazy, but they're having the best time. Then she went, now look at this, what happens halfway through the day. And showed me it, and it was inside. And there was about, I'm not joking, mate, there was about seven dogs of various mm. sizes and breeds, all just lying on pillows asleep in the same room. Brilliant. And they all I sleep think... for like half an hour, 40 minutes. And then they just yeah. get up. How would you do that? How did these breeders well, I, I, make well, them all fall the asleep? D- dogs do sleep a fuck lot of the time. Do they? I mean... Oscar does. Oscar sleeps most of the day. But once you've had them out and you've exercised them, exercised the living daylights out of them, yeah, and they're all spent, mm. it's a natural thing for them to do. They're all going to just, just, just topple over yeah. and pass out. Yeah. Just like with kids. Yeah, like all kids my kitten, like Bobby the kitten, he's only got two settings. He's either going fucking nuts, like really <laughs> super busy. Do you know what he did mm. the other day? We've got this painting of um, of Nelson, right? that Ooh. we didn't get after he died. My wife got it for me a couple of Christmases ago. And it's one of these right. ones where you get a portrait of your cat, but he's done up like in sort of regal attire. Oh, right? he's wearing the uniform and everything. Yeah. Oh, I love them. So I've had that for a while and I've got it in a nice frame. And long before he died, I had it pride of place in the living room, right? But then when he died, I moved it down to be more central. Just, well, it wasn't right. going to be permanent, but for a few months, I it's sort of like... Of- Put it. I put, I put it on the on the unit that we where the TV stuff is, right? Yeah. So it was like more visible. You never guess what he did. Fucking Bobby gets up there the other day, gives it one of these. Oh, whoops! Smack! Uh-oh. Knocks knocks the picture of fucking Nelson <laughs> over, face down onto the oh. floor. Yeah. No way. My son was practically crying about it. Oh, I, I felt, felt pretty emotional. And I looked at Bobby and he sort of looked back to me as if to just go, whoops. Yeah. Oh, Uh-oh. dear. Accidents oh, could happen. Oh, dear. Look what happened. That picture of that old cat what died has <laughs> fallen over. Oh, well, you're probably thinking and chucking it out anyway and getting one done of me, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a... you can expect some repercussions from Nelson's ghost, I think, at I some think point. I think so, yeah. I think yeah, so. Not, it'll not be immediate. Because knowing him like I did, he won't, you know. <laughs> Nelson will buy this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Revenge is a dish best served cold. You, did I tell you that the vet, like, you know, like, we waited a couple of weeks and then we were, we got the ashes, Nelson's ashes, mm. in a in a tube, mm. which we then had a memorial service and scattered his ashes into yeah. a pot plant, a new pot plant in the garden, right? Right. And uh, anyway, that was nice. And then, like, a few days after that, we got something in the post, and it was a really lovely card from the vet 
saying with our right. condolences for the loss of Nelson, right? And I thought, oh, that's nice. But there was a paw print on it, and the paw print was in red, like blood. And I'm like, <sighs> is that actually Nelson's bloody paw print? First of all... Why was he there, bloodied? There was no blood on him when I fucking handed him <laughs> over at the vet. Yeah. He, from what I could tell, he had had a very peaceful death, right? Yeah. And so I don't know where they got blood from. But either way, I thought, oh, that's a bit grim. Uh, but that aside, I tell you what else was in with the envelope. There was a small bottle, like the kind of bottle you might get in a Victorian pharmacy, you know, a with potion a potion bottle. A t- yes, with a little cork in it, right? Very oh. small, very small, about the size of yeah. like, you know, uh, like a thumb, right? And yeah. a thimble. That was what I was looking for. It was, it was the size of a thimble with a little cork inside, like something from Alice in Wonderland, right? Ooh. Do you know what was in it? Some, some of Nelson's fur. Ooh, that's a so, nice touch. So now we've got that on the shelf. But the reactions that, like, I was like, mm, again, I was like, I don't know, like, you, yeah, did you cut, I'm, I'm, did you remove fur from my dead that. cat? Th- did you give them permission to clip no. some fur off of him? No. Or it's use his paw that. to sign a card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, we're, we're certain it's his because yeah. it's, it's his colour. Uh, yeah. And, like, so now we've got it. But I don't know. I mean, it's a bit like when you had that bag of hair on the live tour. Guys, listeners, if you missed out on the live tour, there's a little hint for just the quality of stuff you missed out on. A bag full of Andy's hair every night. I I didn't want to spoil it because that'll be uh, around probably for the next leg. But I've also added some more hair to it since then. That's good. Well, like, as you said every night, you did (laughs) said no one try and steal this hair because it's got your DNA and they could clone it. Yeah. So my daughter's very into the idea that we could somehow clone Nelson because we still have some of his hair. Well, you could. I'm sure you could. She's also expressed concerns that Bobby might try and fucking mess with the bottle and eat the fur or something disgusting Do you have like a that. safe in the house? Because I think it needs to be kept no, in a safe. At the moment, we, it's just on display. Maybe that's too mm. risky, especially with the way Bobby's been acting. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd secure that secure that fur if you can. Yeah. Um, but have you also got a, uh, an original Nelson paw print in your records? No, you I don't. I don't have, it with? No, I don't have it. I mean, no. I've got this one in the card, but I just don't know whether it's his or not. I like to think it isn't. And if it isn't, and they just do a generic one, I would say, why are they doing it in blood red? It's a bit upsetting. Exactly. That's my question. What's that about? What's yeah. the message there? Mm. Well, so, you know, well done, vets, but maybe think but, think a bit more carefully yeah, about the way you do like these tributes. It seems like slightly weird vets that you've got yourself in, embroiled <laughs> weird with. Weird vet, yeah. But... <laughs> I think a lot of vets are probably I'm sure, weird. I'm, no, I'm sure we've got some vet listeners with, that have been in touch in the past. Oh, and I've just said they're weird. Oh, Christ. Oh, no. Pharmacists all over again. Fuck me. Um, right. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll just draw a line under it there because we're not going to get any further with rhubarb this time. But we will um, next time. We will do. We will do next time. We'll, we'll have a look at the, maybe the theme tune or something like that next time. Well, <laughs> what a theme afterwards. tune. Yeah. Um, so that's it from this one. Thanks for for joining us in what's been. Thanks for quite indulging enjoyable. us. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back with more very very soon. Thank you very much. Goodbye. All the best. Bye bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 